Hey everyone, you're listening to Reina's podcast. My podcast is for entrepreneurs to find motivation, resources, and business tips. The entrepreneur journey is not easy, but I hope that this podcast can encourage you to keep going and to remind you que si se puede. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Reina's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I am super happy to have you on. I hope you're all doing amazing despite, you know, the news is a little, it's kind of freaking me out. And I think we all know why. But definitely taking it day by day. Of course, it's so funny watching all these like tutorials and like these memes and these these news like washing your hands like instructions on how to wash your hands like I thought we kind of knew that I think I thought we went over that in kindergarten but you definitely of course keeping everything sanitary and everything happens for a reason right all of this is there's a purpose to it so you know, if that means it's us being more mindful on sanitation, I mean, that's awesome. And the whole world being sanitary, you know, this is really important. So everything happens for a reason. Don't be too afraid. Take it day by day. And definitely, of course, if you're feeling sick, go to the doctors and all that fun stuff. Couple updates, couple updates for you all. So I did launch a new blog post and it is on my website, RainaMarufo.com. And this blog post is titled 2020 Instagram Marketing Predictions. And I'm really proud of it. It's really something I wanted to get back into blogging, but really sharing more marketing tips. I am a marketing coach and I help a lot of people improve their strategy when it comes to marketing their brand and their business. And I'm really excited to be continuing sharing resources. I also did do a live on and and talked a little bit more about the post and answered more questions to people who participated in the live. So be on the lookout for my upcoming blogs as well as my weekly lives that I will be doing. And of course, if you're ever interested in, you know, getting coached or working one-on-one with me and really creating this plan and that will help you and guide you so that you can have not only a great marketing but also just a great strategy and also promoting yourself in the best way possible and to stand out from other businesses so I'm truly passionate about marketing because I feel that so many people especially startup entrepreneurs they maybe get discouraged when their product or service isn't, you know, selling or doing well in the profit area. But honestly, it's not, it's sometimes most likely not the product or the service. It's actually, you're the marketing, right? You probably have, and I always say this, like you have the greatest idea, the greatest product, and you're super passionate about it, but just the marketing aspect isn't there yet. And that's honestly really, really important. So I also have another option of you can get my e-course and that is more if you're interested. That is honestly a perfect way to start as well. And and literally it goes over building engagement, writing captivating content, 
different great ideas for posts, finding your target audience, and so on and so on. It has over like 16 videos and I'll have the link in the description. But if you, I think that's also another great option for those who honestly, like they kind of want to do it more self-paced and on their own and they're all pre-recorded videos that you can watch. So I will leave all of that down below along with the blog. And also if another, another one of my favorite things to do is to share a tip, right? Either an app or I don't know. I guess I've been giving a lot of like marketing tips. So one tip I want to give that has really, really helped me. And it's actually a book that I'm going to recommend. And it is called The One Thing by Gary Keller. So The One Thing, it's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. So this book, I'm still, um, I'm almost done with it, but I've honestly read a few chapters. Like I've gone back to reread them because they were just so good. And the reason why I've been wanting to get into this and why I decided to purchase this book is because if you're someone who has a lot of passions and has just a lot of goals and you want to do everything then this book is really great. And I know I had so many people recommend this book to me because again, I I do love to, I want to do everything. I have a lot of goals, but you know, it's not that you can't accomplish the goals. It's just maybe you can't accomplish them all at the same time, right? Everyone has like different phases in their life. And the way they, the way this book really makes you ask questions and breaks it down and really makes you ask the right questions so that you're able to get the simple answer and just there instead of having your mind all this like all these ideas all these thoughts in your mind that could be super exhausting and draining but this book really makes it simple and you're just like oh okay like that's all I have to do the one thing so I really invite those who who are maybe facing that or if you want to learn more about that. Um, And then it goes into taking action, like what, how you can schedule out your day and your goals and things like that. So I really recommend that book. Really, really great book. So moving forward with our interview and our guest, um, I'm super excited to have her on the show and, to have her on this episode. It's really an interesting topic, right? Relationships and how to build this healthy relationship, how to manifest a person, how to manifest a healthy partner. I think it's really exciting. And me coming from, you know, a single, I guess this is for my single ladies, single men, single, you know, um, people out there. If you're just, I mean, I'm not really... I'm just going with the flow. If y'all know me, like I'm enjoying my life, but you know, you do think about it sometimes. Um, and it's really interesting. And because not only, yeah, you want to attract somebody, but you want to attract somebody that you want. And then even like ask, like thinking like, well, what do you, what do you even want in a partner? Right? So a lot of these great tactics that our guest Mary shows. So I'm really excited to share with you this episode. 
please leave a review. I really, really would appreciate it. You can leave a review. So if you have iTunes, if you're listening through the, to this podcast on iTunes, then you can leave a review, right? And what that does is it basically helps move the podcast um, higher in the charts and really I, and makes people want and suggest the podcast more to more people. So that's what it does as well. It only takes, you can, it doesn't matter like what, I mean, I would love for you to give all your insights on the podcast, but if not, you can totally just be like, great show, whatever comment you have or any suggestions you have is great as well. You can also share the podcast episode, maybe to think of a friend, think of that person that you're just like, oh, they would totally appreciate this episode. So once you're done, you can do that. But first, listen to it, obviously. And if once you're ready and you can think of that person who you want to send it over to. So other than that, I am super excited to start this show. Thank you so much for being like being for willing to be on my podcast. Um, you know, I, I normally like interview a lot of like startup entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs sharing like business tips and resources. But I feel like obviously you're an entrepreneur, you know, doing your services and your service is something super different and very like personal. Um and, you know, really like heal a lot about like healing and self-awareness and a little, I'm going to, you know, jump straight into your bio and then we can, you know, begin the interview. So I want to, um, let me just, let me make sure I can see you. <laughs> so, okay. So Mari Miranda is a dating and relationship coach. She helps driven and ambitious women find success in love and attract a high quality man and relationship. Her focus is the woman herself and helping her become better, love herself and know who she is, reclaim her power, heal her past hurts and traumas and tap into her feminine magnetism. She spent over a decade in toxic relationships and walked away in 2015 woo woo, yay! from an emotionally abusive relationship with the public figure that propelled her to start her journey of healing and loving herself. She is now married to her twin flame who she manifested in less than two weeks. Oh God. Um, now she helps women heal and move to more loving and conscious relationships with self with self and attract a healthy partner together to co-create a loving, healthy relationship. So welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. Yes. We all need to hear this. I'm going to be asking my <laughs> questions, Just kidding. but to start off, like share a little bit about where you're from and you know, how you grew up. I like to kind of like get a little bit of background of, of you know, the guests. Yes. Okay. So I am originally from uh, Celaya, Guanajuato in Mexico, mm -hmm. and I came here when I was 14 years old. So we have been stationed in Palatine. It's like a small suburb town um, outside of the northwest side of Chicago. Okay. I always say Chicago, but people don't realize that I'm not a city person. I live in the suburbs, so I get to hang out. 
So I've been here ever since. And basically it was because my dad, he had always been working here in the United States and we were all in Mexico. So that transition coming here, it's really where kind of my journey started of losing my identity. It was like a whole new kind of world for me. I didn't speak the language. Culturally, I was very different than everyone in my high school. I always went to Catholic private schools mm -hmm. and, you know, they were paid schools. So you come here and it's like um, literally a public school, no uniforms, no, wow. no strictness, no church, nothing like that. And it's kind of like where I started losing my identity. And that, of course, led to everything that I have gone through as far as relationships, getting into the wrong relationships that now I see them as blessing in disguise. But obviously, when you're in the mess, you really think this is the worst thing that's happened to me. Why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. You know, you go through all this drama. Why, why do I keep attracting the same type of men? And you don't really see the light in the dark. You don't really see the blessing in that situation mm -hmm. until you start doing the healing work so obviously I spent a decade dating the wrong type of relationships the wrong type of men and one of like the three of, there were three of them that were public figures so they were high profile so it was slightly different but it was still deep inside it was still very emotionally abusive verbally abusive there was financial abuse too in that matter but everything, I think, it stems from not knowing who we are, entering dating, the dating world, not knowing our own identity, not knowing who we are as people, as women, as persons, not loving ourselves. Like, I remember, like, nobody ever told me, you need to love yourself. It's kind of, they told you, you need to stand up for yourself, which is like a very masculine energy, mm -hmm. like, stand up for yourself, be strong, you know? But nobody said be soft, love yourself, tap into your feelings. Nobody mm -hmm. teaches you that. My yeah. parents didn't, my mom didn't, right? So I never learned that in high school. I never learned that anywhere. So obviously I entered from a very different mindset in the dating world, right? So that's the reason why I was attracting who I was energetically, emotionally, mentally. And I was not even aware of this. I was kind of dating blinded, unconscious. Yeah. And asleep in a way so I kept attracting men that mirrored who I was inside and I didn't know this until obviously like the last three four years that I started yeah. healing journey but I'm like how cannot how can keep how is no one talking about this uh -huh. stuff right yeah. that we really date our vibrational frequency we really attract people who mirror our shadow who mirrored things are unhealed wounds we end up attracting someone with the same type of wounding and they're like well he makes he doesn't love me and it's like well you don't really love yourself so you're just reflecting back someone that is showing you how you feel inside and it's like <laughs> i know they're like damn when i thought that stuff i was just like how come nobody taught me this? Like this should be taught in college. Like I'm no, in, yes. in elementary, junior high. Elementary, right. So <laughs> yeah. my journey has really been transformational in body, mind, and soul from the inside out. That's really been, oh, I got chills. That's really mm. been my journey because that side of self-love, you can say, I love my, yourself, but do you like who you are? 
do you like your mindset, your emotions, right? And a lot of unconsciously say, oh, I love myself. But deep inside, you have this limited beliefs. Your inner mean girl is saying you're fat, you're a failure, you're this, that, and you're abusing your own self. Whereas externally, you're saying to everyone, oh, I love myself. You post a nice selfie. You post mm-hmm. like, you know, like you're so happy. But deep inside, your limiting beliefs are really abusing you. So it comes to the point that you really enter a situation that awakens you. And my favorite quote is, life is going to keep repeating the same situation until you learn the lesson. And obviously, Mary did not learn the lesson. That's why I kept doing the same toxic cycle of the relationships until the end that the last relationship with the public figure is the one that really, really brought me down to my knees. I hit rock bottom. I was so lost. I hated who I was. So little by little, I started doing things to help me, but it was not, I got into bodybuilding. I got the body of my dreams, the six pack. I was competing, but emotionally I hadn't healed. So my real journey started when I started transforming my inside world Mm because the physical world, I was already fit. I lost the weight. I felt amazing, but inside we don't. Mm -hmm. So I had to really become, take radical honesty and responsibility and say, oh, wow, I'm really feeling toxic. I need to start healing myself internally. And that's a transformation journey that I just love talking about. And this is what I really help women when they come to me they want to they I'm really like more like a transformational coach you could say but a lot of the women that are coming to me they're like oh I want to manifest my dream man like you did I want to do this I want to but everything is about dating relationships but when they come in my container we go deep in the transformation and they face their parts of the darkness that they have been running away from for so long and this is what many people do so anyway, I think I went on like a big tangent. No, I'm loving but, it. Super important. <laughs> but that's kind of been my journey because I just wish somebody would have talked to me mm. about all this stuff. And there were I had no guidance. It's yeah. like, you know, my parents didn't speak the language. And my brother and my sister joined the Marines and they left. Mm. And I was left alone. And wow. I'm like, oh, I'm like my own parent in a way like, you know, translating for my parents, also helping my parents. So I was like very on my own. So nobody really took me under their wing and taught me things like a mentor. So it's been a very isolating journey. But Mm -hmm. in the past years, it's been very, I started connecting more with me I started connecting more with other people. And this is kind of where I'm like, you know what, I need to start helping women overcome what I have. And it's where I found this community of entrepreneurship or business. And I just launched myself and here we are. (laughs) It's so awesome. And I love that you discussed this topic because it's so difficult. I think once you're in it, oh my gosh, like you can fall deeper and deeper and deeper into it and to get out it's, but to prevent it, let's try to prevent the situation. So, um, but I know you, you, you can, that's why you're here. Like you're helping people like overcome if they are currently in a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing I really want to, that you mentioned, and because I feel like I, I recently learned this, I, you know, there's physical abuse, emotional, but you also mentioned financial abuse. 
please talk about what is financial abuse. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, obviously, my personal okay. uh, point of view on this. Okay. Not what the books say or anything. Yeah. So basically, financial abuse is when a person uses you just to get money, to pay for the bills, to pay for the cell phone, or, you know, it's kind of like a sugar mama. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. But uh, they do it more like that. They kind of play the victim. Like they don't have the money or they can't get a job or they're struggling like this. Mm -hmm. And then you end up because you feel so bad, especially us women that attract this toxic men. We're very codependent. We're very caregivers. We want to fix things. So we're like, oh no, I can take care of it. I can fix him. I can help him. I'm going to show him, helping him financially that I support him. So then he's going to love me, right? So yeah. you are even doing it as a way so he can see your worth and value and maybe love you and maybe want to marry you or maybe want to say wow this woman is worthy like she like i'm gonna marry her kind mm-hmm. of like we do it with that intention but in a way they are using us they only see us to suck up energy and money is energy so that's a way to also suck up energy and the people that i dated you would think that they're public figures and they had a lot of money but they mm-hmm. also had a lot of debt one of them had child support. I ended up paying for one of like one of the bills for the child support because he couldn't afford it. And he was going through a divorce. So at that time, he took he got his car taken away. He didn't have any money. And here I am thinking I'm going to marry him, thinking that, oh wow, like this is kind of leading to marriage. So I have to support him because he's going to be my future husband in a way. So I was willing to help him out of my good heart because I saw it as kind of leading to marriage. He had already kind of talked to my parents about it. But in his mind, he was never going to marry me. He only used me for money to pay his, you know, um, here in Chicago, I don't know what, you're living in California, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when you park off the street in the city and the meter expires, they give you tickets and the more they accumulate and you don't pay them, they end up putting this thing in the tires. So you don't move the car and you have to pay to get out of that. So he had so many tickets and he would never have money to get out of it. So once he was able to buy a car and he would be so devastated. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'll let you borrow the money. Cause like he was in so such distress and he never paid me back. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of financial abuse, but most of the time it's like those men that really don't have jobs that just see you as a source of money, that they just see you to suck up the money so you can support them financially, so you can buy them groceries. And you see all these beautiful women pretty much asking men to move in with them and they end up paying the rent, they end up paying for their groceries, they end up paying for their car payment, their cell phone payments and everything. And the guy is just here being lazy, not doing anything. It's kind of a narcissistic abuse. It's called parasitic uh, existence. I know it's very, like a very Mm -hmm. harsh, harsh word, but it can be other extremes where they can scam you. 
they can play, they can say they're, they have cancer or they have this illness and they have to pay this medical bill. This didn't happen to me. Okay. No, I, no. Yeah. I, but I saw it on, I've seen cases on TV where the woman is like, well, I have to help him pay his medical bills. And she keeps giving him checks and this money he's just keeping to use to gamble or to go and pay women. Yeah, like they'll just stuff. make up any type yeah. of excuse. So it occurs differently depending on the case. But in my case, it was more like I was helping pay for bills. I was helping him like pay even <laughs> gas money, the, wow. you know, things like that. Of course, when I left the relationship and everything, he did pay me yeah. <laughs> some portion, not all of it. And he did. So it's not like he didn't, but it was that within the relationship, I just felt they were using me for money. And, you know, it's, I take responsibility for it now that I didn't know better and I gave it to them. So, yeah. And when, well, that's interesting. Okay. So I thought of it, the financial abuse a little bit differently. I thought it was more, um, or maybe there's like another word for, um, when the men don't want you to know like what's it's like he's the provider but Mm. they don't want you to know like what's in the account what's like oh like um they're just very like very strict with you with the amount of money you can be spending um so definitely i um and then i know for me well from what i've heard like a lot of people have struggled leaving the relationship because of you know they're so dependent on the person to financially support them. So, and that's huge, right? That's huge. And that's important, especially if you have kids. So can you talk a little bit more about that? No, yes. And you're totally right. I completely forgot because I didn't leave that experience. So it's like like speaking from my own experience, but yeah, that's a very common thing, especially for when a man is more physically abusive that really plays into those type of relationships, but also obviously emotional verbal abuse. But it's more like, they control the bank account. They only give you an allowance. You even have an allowance, like a child, seriously. And you don't have means to buy your own things or anything. You always have to be at their mercy, whatever they give you. And there is that thing because I had so many women that would come to me and they're like, oh, I want to hire you. I really want to leave this relationship, but I have no money. I don't even, he doesn't mm-hmm. even let me work. So that's like where there's a lot of control. There's a lot of machismo. There's a lot yeah. of toxic masculinity and all that stuff. So that is like when it goes to the extreme. But it's also because they do this thing where they isolate you. They start isolating you from your family, from your friends. They put, they turn people against you so you don't have any support. So they are, they become your only support, yeah. financial support, emotional support and everything. So you are here along with this person. You don't have any money. You are in fights with everyone because he turned them against mm-hmm. you and you have like you feel like there's no way out. You're literally living in jail, like within wow. home with this person. So there is that type of abuse too, where they restrict you, they control the money. You have no, no, um, how do you say this word? Um, 
just don't have access to anything. And this is what keeps so many women stuck in this relationship because they're, where am I going to go? I don't have any money. Like I don't even have any skills to work because I've never worked. And they are really, when they come to that point, it's like, well, there's uh, shelters that they can go to, but a lot of them don't want to go. And if they go, chances are that they're going to come back to this person. Because it's definitely, it's not, it's not going to be easy, you know, at least in the beginning. Like, it's not that they can't overcome it, but there will be like, it's a change. It's a lot of sacrifice. What would you, someone in that situation suggest, like the first couple steps to do? I think the first situation, the first thing I would suggest is that they have to be safe. They always have to make sure that they're safe. Obviously, contact a shelter. Shelters are actually really, really good in helping you with resources. You can stay there. There are some shelters that help you get a job. There's some shelters that are really, really there to help you. Some of them have uh, counselors and things like that. And another thing is that a lot of women don't leave out of fear of the uncertainty. What's going to happen to me? How is my life going to be? What am I going to have money to eat? Am I going to like, you know, they go into this world that is unknown and they're so used to the comfort. They're so used to knowing what is happening, controlling everything in a way. Um, They have in a way this, sorry, this control and Stepping into the unknown and leaving that relationship means like, I don't know what's going to happen on the other side. And that fear holds so many women back. Mm. But what I'm telling you, like what's going to happen when you leave is way better than what you are currently living and going through. Right. Because they are really caged. They're really like in jail. They're really suffering. So it's better to face uncertainty than be in so much pain. Because maybe on the other side, and I'm not maybe, on the other side, there's happiness. On the other side, there's an opportunity to rebirth yourself into a new version. You have to become a new version of yourself in order to step out of this fear into the unknown. And that woman is the one that's going to have the courage to say, oh my God, even though if I'm afraid, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't live here anymore because I'm dying already. And then just that taking that leap is what gives you so much courage because uncertainty is way better than living in the same comfort zone in the same pain. Oh my gosh, you need to, you are a motivational speaker. Okay. So (laughs) I want to know, I know, um, in one of your interviews, you mentioned that childhood really has a big impact on the men that we attract, right? So talk a little bit more about that. This is like what I love the most. Because <laughs> I seriously, I did this work for myself. So I am the work, I embody the work. And this is one of my passions talking about how our upbringing and our childhood impacts the 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 people, the men that we date, the people we attract, the jobs that we have, the life that we're living, basically our reality, right? So for example, if you lived in a household where your dad was a machista, right? It was like a macho man, or there was abuse, or there was cheating or something, you are imprinted with that in your body, in your DNA and everything. You set up those beliefs that for example, if your dad, let's say your dad um, was cheating on your mom and he was always in and out, living in and out, you are going to b- grow up with this belief that love hurts, 
love is inconsistent. Love, my the dad always leaves, the mom always mourns and cries. My um, I'm abandoned. They have that core wound abandonment, rejection. My dad left because he doesn't love me, so I'm unlovable. So you grow up with all these beliefs, right? Your dad leaves, you have this core wound of abandonment. So anything when you start dating men and they abandon you you literally trigger that wound from childhood. And this is what we don't know. We always attract men. For example, they they ghost you or they just walk away from you or they just abandon you out of nowhere. And you're like, I don't understand why. When I do the work with women, we sit down and we're, and we're like, okay, I'm like, what was the dynamic with your parents? How mm-hmm. was their marriage? How was, were they affectionate with each other? And some of them are like, no, my dad abandoned my mom. Oh, oh, wow. And then when they connect the dots, they're like, oh, wow, this is a reason why I attract men that abandoned me because I have that core belief that men abandoned me. Men abandoned me because my so my dad abandoning my mom, my dad abandoning me. So I grew up with that belief and I got response because that is so mm. true. <laughs> or for example, you grew up in a household where there was no affection, there was no hugs, no words of affirmation. Mm. You didn't, you weren't told I love you, right? So you also grew up disconnected from your own emotions because you don't know how to tap into that. And you learn not to receive love. So you end up, when you get in the dating world, you start attracting men that are emotionally unavailable, that they are closed off, that they're stoic, that they never share their feelings, that they never want to hug you, public displays of affection or anything like that. And you're like, how come I'm always attracting emotionally unavailable men, right? And they don't want to commit to you. So when you dig deeper into the inner work, you realize, wow, I am, I grew up not seeing what love was. I don't know what affection feels. It's very frightening. So you grow up disconnected from that. So you grow up emotionally unavailable to yourself. You don't know how to connect with your emotions. You don't know how to connect with your inner truth. What is it that you want? You you don't even show yourself love. So it's like that affection for toward yourself. So you end up attracting someone that mirrors how you Mm -hmm. feel because it's what you have believed and lived since you were a little girl, right? And also, just on a side note, anyone that attracts emotionally unavailable men, it's because deep inside you are afraid of commitment, right? Because the moment you are committed to a person in a relationship, you have to have intimacy. You have to have emotional availability. You have to open up your heart And you don't know how to do that. It's so scary. It's so scary. So you attract men that are emotionally relatable because you're never going to reach that threshold of commitment. So you never have to tear the walls down of your heart. You're never going to have to open your heart and really be vulnerable, be intimate with this person. So it's so much easier to attract someone that is not emotionally available because it's not going to show you how to connect emotionally because you don't even know how to do that with yourself. So then you keep saying, how come I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men? I don't understand. I just want love. But yet you are afraid of love. Yeah. yeah. Commitment. And with commitment and relationships, there has to be, like I said, vulnerability, intimacy. You have to show your emotions. You have to be softer you have to have an open heart and a lot of women don't have that a lot of women build these walls on their hearts because they're so afraid to get hurt because they were hurt when they were little they were hurt by their mom by their dad by whomever anything that happens so then you end up with these beliefs 
that keep projecting the life that you're living, the men that you are attracting. It's kind of like a reflection of your inner beliefs, your inner world, how you felt when you were little. So when you dig deeper, let's say you're like, okay, this is the man that I'm dating. This is kind of like the love blueprint. This is the man that I'm currently dating. This is how they're showing up for me. How is this connected when I was little? Like, let's say they make you feel unlovable. They make you feel rejected and abandoned then you go back to childhood and you're like, when was the first time in childhood that I felt rejected, abandoned, unlovable, ignored, whatever it is, right? And those are needs that were not met when you were little. So your job is to meet those needs through healing yourself. And in reality, healing relationship wounds, you're only really going to heal them in our relationship, which is the tricky part, right? Because you can do so much work alone. I did so much work alone and healing my wounds, my inner child and everything. And when I got married, I got triggered. So many things got triggered and it's not like I hadn't healed them. I just hadn't healed them and integrated them into our relationship to see the dynamic, to see the new dynamic. So Thankfully, I married someone that does the inner work that is very understanding, Mm -hmm. loves doing all of this. So he was always very loving, very supportive, very patient and me with him too, right? So that's basically how childhood plays a role in not only the men that you date, but any friendship, right? Mm -hmm. Anything you're settling with anything that is going on in your life too, right? Even with money, (laughs) you know, like even the money beliefs you saw your parents always broke, always struggling with money. Wait, um, right now as a business person, do you have, are you struggling with money? Is that a limiting belief you had about money when you were little that you're still carrying in your subconscious and you are projecting it to the world and that's what is reflected back to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's, relationships in general with any you know like like you mentioned money and friendships and you know your partners so I love that thank you for sharing um what about I think um you know a lot of people like we know the physical like I said you meant you covered the financial abuse what about emotional and verbal abuse like kind of go over those um just to kind of you know really define them at least in your opinion um what they are Okay, so this is exactly what I lived. And obviously, I am not a clinical psychologist. I'm not a psychotherapist. Yeah, yeah. Therapist, nothing like that. So I cannot say diagnose my exes, but from everything that I have studied, read the courses and everything, they were it was narcissistic abuse. So narcissistic abuse for me, it's more like that hidden abuse that nobody talks about, which is the emotional abuse, the verbal abuse, the psychological abuse. And those types of abuse really tear your soul apart, really really, really like break you apart. Like you have no idea because it's one thing. And obviously physical abuse is like so horrible to live through. Right. And anybody that hits you, they have physical scars that you can see. They're visible, emotional, verbal, and psychological abuse. It's abuse that you don't see. So a lot of people don't even consider that as abuse. They're just like, oh, he was just having a bad day. This is not normally him. He just snapped or, oh my God, it was my fault, right? We blame ourselves. We think we triggered that. But in reality, 
this abuse keeps leaving little scars in your soul, little scars in your soul, and they compound to the point that it's just way too many and it hurts so much and you don't know how to tell people, you don't know how to describe it because nobody sees sees it as abuse because it's not physical. There's no bruises, there's no scarring, there's no blood, there's nothing, but inside you are bleeding. So for example, with the emotional abuse, it can be, it's like, I think they're all very similar as far as the psychological abuse is like the umbrella and there's like verbal and emotional. That's the way I know it. So verbal abuse is obviously insulting you, diminishing you. It's calling you names. It's like really like telling you, like cursing at you and all of that. So that diminishes your self-worth, your self-esteem, your confidence, your essence. That's what happens, that your essence as a person, it it's torn apart and you leave that relationship broken. You leave that relationship with PTSD. You leave that relationship with so much trauma that people don't understand. A lot of people are like, oh, just get over him. Oh, just move on. Oh, you'll you'll be okay. They really, I want to cry because they really don't understand the depth of the pain that we go through because Mm -hmm. they tear you apart in body, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. It's not only physically, like physical abuse, body, mind, and soul. And it's such a painful process that there's a lot of trauma. A lot of women have a lot of anxiety. A lot of women can't sleep. A lot of women wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares screaming because it's, there's like a lot of panic attacks. There's a lot of just, it's just like very (laughs) intense. For example, in my case, I can give you some examples. So when, um, he would always like, he was a public figure, right? So he would always invite me to events And I am a very introvert person, in case you didn't know. I'm very shy. I don't really talk to people because I'm very shy. And I used to have a lot of social anxiety. It's gotten so much better, obviously. I launched myself in this entrepreneurial world. But when I was with him, I just had a regular corporate job. That's what I had. Nobody knew me, right? So we would go to these events and he would always be like, oh, you don't know how to be sociable. You don't know how to talk to people. You're not good at talking to people. And as soon as um, I remember this this instance that literally this, I told him I didn't want him dancing with someone else because for me, that was disrespectful, right? Mm-hmm. So he dumped me in the middle of this. It was a St. Jude's gala. He dumped me in the middle of that. And I was sitting on the table. He's like, do not make drama, Mary, do not make drama, do not embarrass me. And I'm sitting here, I'm I'm sitting next to him and I'm like, what? He just broke up with me because I said no to dancing with that celebrity person. Like I was so confused. I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom and I left the place while he leaves and he comes chasing me. And as soon as I got in his truck, he started screaming at me. He started screaming at me. He started yelling at me. He started cursing at me. He, I was just crying. I didn't know. I didn't have a voice. I didn't know how to stand up for myself, to be honest, at that time. So that was some of the things. And there was another instance that I can give you as an example. And it's when um, I started doing the bodybuilding when I was in that relationship. And he would always put me down. He would always tell me that I looked like a man. That my my hands, I had calluses from lifting weights, that they were like man's hands, that I had no butt, and he would always laugh at me. So there were so many things that he would say, or he would call me names that I'm not going to mention them here, but it's 
they really devalue you as a human, as a woman, as a person, and you just end up like very trigger. Everything triggers you after that. When you leave the relationship, obviously, if somebody says you're crazy, like you just get so triggered because they call you crazy all along and they make you crazy literally because let's say there's a lot of gaslighting that goes in, in those relationships, right? For example, if you find something out, like I used to, there was a lot of infidelity in that relationship too. I would find things out uh, that he did and I would show them to him and he would be like, oh, you, that's that's a lie. That's a lie. You, you didn't read right. You didn't know what to say. I'm not, the, you didn't, um, that's not true. Or he would always make When me, it's like right there, you're like, yeah. they're he like, would, that's not me. <laughs> he would always make me question myself and he would wow. say stupid and those things. So it's kind of like that abuse that a lot of women, they're like, oh, he was just having a bad day. But in reality, yes, yeah, very manipulative emotionally. He insults you to the point that you you are devalued as a human, as a person. And that's just kind of like some of the examples. Obviously, wow. there's more extremes, but they really, really... Um, and another thing is like they do uh, damage your reputation. They do damage your reputation and they spread rumors about you that you're crazy, that you have psychological problems and all of this. But that's like a whole other topic. Yeah. But... Um, yeah. So in other words, that's kind of like some examples that I can give you about verbal and emotional abuse. Yeah. And that's, um, oh my God, I lost my thought what I was going to say, but I will come back to me. So, um, I wanted to talk about like codependency and I see this a lot. Um, you know, like I see, I mean, per, okay. So I haven't been personally, I, I haven't been in a relationship in a long time. And I think I fall under, like, I don't want to commit like I don't want a commitment, but it's really like, I'm just focused on my business and like what I want to grow myself, loving myself. Like I know that if you, you know, I need to love myself at a deeper level. And, um, and, but from what I've seen a lot of like my friends, like I'm like, even though, I mean, they're, they get into the relationship and I'm like, they're not like, they're not ready. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, why are you rushing growing up? But they become so dependent and, like I could already see it like happening and flourishing where they're like, they obviously cut me off. Like they cut everybody off and then it doesn't work out. And then they like, don't have anyone. Then they feel alone. And I'm just like, it, I've seen it so many times. And so talk like, how do you know you're, you're getting into a codependent relationship? Um, and how is that unhealthy for your identity? Okay, so codependency, this is so deep because I struggled with this for so many years. And basically, codependency, it's when you make another person the source of your happiness, their source of your energy, the source of your love, right? You make them the source of your, the center of your universe, of your world, right? And you depend on this person. It's like your oxygen. It literally, yeah. you can just, that's the best definition I can say. They become the oxygen you need to breathe to stay alive. You need them every single day and you become very needy, very clingy. 
And it's this very toxic relationship cycle, right? Like you said, a lot of women that don't, and it's also codependency. You don't have boundaries. You're a people pleaser. You always say yes, whatever Mm. they ask you, you always do. You don't have your own life. Your life is him. You put him in a pedestal and you're not even in the pedestal when you should be the one in the pedestal, right? So it's kind of like that when this person in a way becomes your God, you could say, I know that's extreme, but literally that is because he becomes your source of everything that you need to stay alive, your oxygen, right? And the moment you're not with this person, you go into panic, you go into... Um, just like anxiety because you need them. You need them. It's like a drug. This is when love addiction starts happening, when the person becomes your drug and you need him in order to get that fix, right? In order to get that uh, dopamine in a way. So codependency is basically not, it's like a not loving yourself and you're seeing someone else as your source of love because you don't have that within yourself. So in a way you can say that you have so many voids within you and this person feels those voids. So you become so dependent on them and they in turn become also dependent on you. So codependent women tend to attract narcissistic men or this toxic men that are um, just, they just want to suck the life out of you pretty much. So it's like this very toxic dance and that's yeah. very in narcissistic abuse. It's very, very prone to happen that these women are weaker and these men have a big ego, right? So they tend to attract each other at so many levels. And it's also, this can also um, go back to attachment theory where codependent women have this very anxious attachment in relationships, right? So as long as this person is right there, they're, they're fine. They feel secure in a way, even if they're not secure, like it, it's an illusion. Yeah. The person pulls away, backs away. They go crazy. This is when women go crazy. They go paranoid, but you're not crazy. Let me tell you that <laughs> you simply have an activated anxious attachment style or their relationship style. So anxious attachment, which is pretty much prone in codependent women, attract narcissistic men who have an avoidant attachment style and avoidant they avoid love they avoid intimacy they avoid everything so they don't want to commit they don't are not emotionally available so it's like this very toxic dance but it goes together one needs the other to survive so that is so oh my god i gotta really think of like the people and like it's so hard to see, um, to see people and how to see people in that situation, because I can see them losing their identity. And I feel like once you lose that, like, you know, you're losing your yourself and your soul and like everything, like you're just yourself. And I think that's really important. Um, that's actually, I didn't answer that. So losing your identity, obviously it's, it's, it happens in the type of dynamic because you become everything he is. Let's say in my case, I'm going to tell you the example. 
he was this team's football. I don't, I'm not going to say the team because people will know who he is, but um, he had this team. He was a fanatic of this football team, also the soccer team, basketball team, whatever, right? So I became a fanatic. I even bought the gear and I yeah. didn't source of identity of what did I like? What kind of food did I like? He always ordered the food. So I kind of went along with the food, especially, this is so funny, especially this is the one I always tell that after I left the relationship, I would always order Merlot, the wine, and I would always go and eat sushi or whatever. And I would always order Merlot. And then this is something that he used to always order. So I kind of got in the habit of, oh, I like Merlot. So one day I tried something else, Cabernet. And I found out that I was like, wow, I love Cabernet. I never liked Merlot. Every time I would drink it, I, I knew I didn't like it, but I just kept telling myself I like it, right? So this is one of the things that you come to the point that you don't know yourself, you lose who you are, that you don't even know what's your favorite drink, what's your favorite hobby, what do you do for fun, what is your favorite sport, um, who are you, what are your beliefs? Everything you believe is what he believes. Everything you like is what he likes. It's like an enmeshment right? Where you pretty much become, you think you become one person and everything he is, you are. And, but everything is because you want to fit, you want to fit into his world so you can be loved and accepted, right? Mm -hmm. Because as long as you like his team, as long as you like everything he likes, or you believe what he believes that he's going to be with you. So this is where we lose ourselves. So we end up, we leave those relationships not knowing who we are, feeling so lost, so confused, not even knowing where we start or what do we even like to do for fun. It's like, it's very, it's, yeah. You got to go back to like the basics, right? So what are some healthy practices that we can do when you are in this relationship and to keep your identity and not become, you know, codependent? So honestly, start reading self-help books. If you're still in this relationship, um, and this is how I started, I went to the library. I mean, it was a, a Barnes and Noble, I remember. And I don't know how I came across this book, but it's called Women That Love Too Much by Robin Norwood. So Mujeres Que Aman Demasiado de Robin Norwood. Um, and I remember, I don't know why, but the title attracted me. The title mm-hmm. of the book, I'm like, oh, that's me. I love too much. But I never knew the depth the book was going to get into, which is childhood trauma. Um, especially if you lived in a household where your dad used to drink a lot or they were, um, you know, uh, one of your parents was sick or whatever it is, it kind of takes you on that journey. And that was the first time someone would ever talk to me about that, about codependence, about toxic relationships in that book. So that's the book that started opening my awareness more than anything, because if you're still in this relationship, you want to become as much aware as you can, right? So get self-help books. That is a really good book. There's also another one uh, by, oh, I can't remember her name, but it's called Codependent No More. That's also a really, really good one. But YouTube is another source. Just go, whatever you are feeling, literally go on YouTube and Google it and search it because something is going to come in for me. I, that's how I started. I would type codependence because I'm like, oh, am I, am I codependent? Like I didn't even like associate it with yeah. it. heard of it in my life. So I started doing that to bring awareness and I started learning things and I started learning patterns. 
but also I started taking care of myself. I started working out. I started eating healthier. I started doing little things that helped me build trust in myself because a lot of women don't leave because they also don't have trust in themselves. They don't know how to trust that inner voice. So I had to start doing things to cultivate that trust in myself. So for me, keeping a gym routine allowed me to feel confident, like, oh, wow, I can actually trust myself to do something. So I felt more empowered, more courage, courageous. And little by little, my confidence started like rising, rising, rising to the point that I was able to stand up for myself. I was able to speak my truth to him. I was able to walk away from the relationship because I'm like, this doesn't feel good anymore. Like I am so aware of everything he does. Like the words about um, toxic relationships, narcissistic abuse, or so many um, like gaslighting, smear campaigns, like all the red flags. So knowledge, it's key because it's going to help you bring awareness. And a lot of women that are in this relationship, they're unconscious in a way because they don't know. They don't have the information. They don't have the knowledge. So they don't even know they are in an abusive relationship, even if it's just emotional. Especially if they grew up in in a household. They think, oh, this is what love is because this is what I remember growing up. This is the dynamic I saw with my parents always yelling at each other. My dad always leaving or cheating or whatever. So this is normal for me, but it's not normal, right? So you also have to have discernment of what is a healthy relationship and what is a toxic relationship, right? The moment where your values are compromised, your morals where you go against who you are, that is get entering into a toxic kind mm. of relationship in a way, right? So just that awareness is going to be the bigger, the biggest thing for me that I can tell anyone to do. So yeah. really go on YouTube. There's so many coaches now, especially when I started my journey, there was only like two people on YouTube that talked about narcissistic abuse. Right now, it's like a, it's spread like what? There's so much information about toxic relationships, emotional abuse. It opened up the doors, which is amazing because people didn't know. People are like, oh, he just had a bad day or keep putting excuses on this man that was treating, that is treating her like crap, you know? In reality, it's like, no, he's abusing you. And I cannot tell you how many calls I've gotten with women that just call me because they're so unhappy in the relationship. And it, and I, I ask them so many questions. And at the end, it's like, this is kind of like an emotionally abusive relationship in a way. And obviously, like I said, I am not, I'm not diagnosing anyone, but um, that's what it is, right? And a lot of women, there's only so much I can do, right? If there's something that I don't know what to do or how to coach someone on, I refer them to a specialist, obviously. But um, just like awareness is going to help you knowing the red flags <laughs> of abusive relationships, and especially emotionally abusive relationship, because that's hidden abuse. Mm-hmm. It's to help you so much and just start doing things little by little that start cultivating that um trust with yourself start doing things that help you feel better right maybe walking maybe listening to music i started meditating when i was in this relationship (laughs) i started doing things little by little and he didn't like it 
he's he kept he would always tell me I want the old Mary back I want the old Mary mm. back and I'm like, you killed her I would be so mad and it's like no it's like I was becoming someone I was becoming better because I was reading I was getting knowledge and it came to the point that he's like I don't even understand why you read so many books because nothing sticks in the head of yours he would always tell me that or I don't understand why you're going to therapy if you're still the same and here I am thinking it was all my fault right so there were so many things like oh that oh my gosh you overcame so much oh my gosh Excuse, I'm gonna open up my curtains I like working in the dark but this is way too dark Hold on. oh my gosh wow so that is very very interesting um and you know, I'm very, I like, that's so admirable about you, how you can, you can walk out. Cause it's, it's very difficult. Um, you know, I think from anyone can talk, like, I mean, I don't know, hopefully if you haven't been in a, a toxic relationship girl, like, or, you know, for anyone listening, like that's amazing, but I'm sure like 90% of people have been, um, how about in a talk, like from the outside perspective, like, um, if, how can someone support someone else that's in a toxic relationship? Like, you know it and you know how it's a very sensitive topic because they are very codependent. Like they don't even know they're in it. How can as like a friend or, you know, an outside person be supportive and slowly somewhat help them get out of it? So the first thing is that don't tell someone that is in a abusive relationship that just move on just get over him because it's not easy it's because not. there's trauma bonding which means that they their nervous system their bio biochemistry their body their brain biochemistry and everything needs this person as a drug this is when it becomes a love addiction right so there is that need of this person you need this person to survive right so when it comes to that point this person is so enmeshed in the relationship this woman that she cannot see anything else anybody else's perspective so when you tell someone just leave the relationship you really can live cannot leave the relationship because you are rewired to need this person as your source of oxygen for example right so this is called trauma bonding in a way um so i remember i used some people used to say just leave it just leave you'll find somebody better and consciously i knew i would find someone better and i couldn't understand why i was so addicted to this person mm. like i couldn't understand why and then and the times that i left i would miss him so much and it's like it was go i was going through withdrawals and i needed him like i needed i never i never done drugs okay yeah but, but right i needed him like somebody that's a drug addict needs a drug when he's going through a withdrawal right that's the same dynamic so telling someone just move on just get over him you'll find someone better yes we know it but they don't understand like physically internally our nervous system and everyone is rewired to need this person right so kind of like i think for me it would have helped and this is what a lot of women i know that have talked to me they're like if somebody would have told send me a link on my youtube video if somebody would have bought me a book or if someone would have like just known that and also if you let's say if you know someone that is in an abusive relationship like this 
you becoming aware that they are not able to leave by just leaving, right? When they yeah. leave, there's PTSD involved. There's a lot of health issues involved. There's a lot of damage mentally, emotionally at a soul level. So a lot of times it helps for people, especially my family didn't understand, right? So for me, it would have been like amazing if they had known what narcissistic abuse was, what emotionally abuse was. I didn't even know until a year after I left. A year after I left the relationship, that's when I found out it it had been an emotionally abusive relationship. I had no idea. I knew I was unhappy, it was toxic, yeah. right? So a lot of these women don't even know they are, like you said, they are in an abusive relationship. So your support, your love, just being there for them. But also you need to have boundaries, right? Because if this woman is always complaining, there's a point that people just stop talking to the woman. They're like, she, she doesn't listen. She keeps going back to the person. And they also suck the life out of you. So you have to, honestly, you can still love the person and support them from far away if this person is not able to yeah. listen there comes a point that you cannot fix anyone. You cannot tell them leave and they're going to leave, right? There's there's a point that you have to say, wait, um, I'm offering her my friendship. I'm, I'm offering her my love. I'm holding space for her. I'm giving her these resources and she's still choosing to stay and not leave. I have done everything I could to help. I love her. I support her, but she's affecting me emotionally energetically too and this is where you have to draw boundaries too i know it sounds harsh but you have to also do that for yourself right and i had a lot of people do that with me honestly i i lost friends and now that i'm standing here i understand why they stopped talking to me i understand why because i was sucking the life out of them to always complain yeah it can be exhausting Yes. And there's some women that, um, they will listen to you. There's some women that would be like, Oh my God, like I had no idea I was in an abusive relationship. And then you give them the information and it's up to them to say, to do, to say, or to know what they're going to do with that information, whether they're going to leave or going to stay. Your only place is to help and to be loving and to support them. But also you have to have boundaries too, right? But yeah. love is the biggest thing and don't tell them, leave. Especially if you have seen the red flags, especially you're like, oh, she's been abused and she doesn't even know. Give her resources, guide her to places that she can get awareness or knowledge. Like, let's say there's so many women, like I said, that are already talking about this. They have books, there's like YouTube channels, there's all the source of information and just give them to her and then she'll know what to do whether she decides to look at them or not or ignore them and continue in their relationship you know and I think and I don't know like the way I think about it is that everyone has to go through certain struggles certain relationships even if they're really really toxic mm-hmm. to learn the lessons that our soul needs for our evolution on earth and i'm very spiritual i'm very woo woo so i believe that my soul needed those lessons in those relationships i didn't deserve the abuse obviously but somehow i needed lessons in those relationships and that's the reason why they were part of my life part of mm-hmm. my story Right. So I love that. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, I really, uh, yeah, like 
I think that's super huge. Like as, um, even in family, I think, I think that's like where it's really hard and difficult, um, even more. And I remember like when I was younger, I would, my mom would love, like, I, I'm a good listener. So obviously I love having a podcast and hearing stories and just like listening. I feel like people, you know, it really helps people like, um, when they're talking and they have someone to listen to, um, that listens to them. But as like, when I was younger, my mom, she would always like tell me like if she fought with my dad and like, and then I had like all this resentment towards my dad. Like when I was little, because she would tell me all these things and it got to the point where then I would get in trouble by my dad and it was just like a chart like a weird and then I would see her go back and they were just like all lovey-dovey like they you know they solved their issue and then I was still really pissed off and and so now what I do is and I remember I was just so frustrated and then I would one time I told my sister and she was like she told me every day like you know our mom has the like the option to be with this person she can walk like she's like she wakes up every morning deciding does she want to be with this person yes then that's the life she needs like she can't be complaining to you especially as a daughter and I was like yeah like I still need to respect my dad like you know and so it got to the point where I was like no 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 like I don't want to hear what you have to say and I think it hurt her because she was just like, she saw me as like a friend, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't live like that. I'm like, you can tell your friends, go, just do not, like, I don't want to hear it. And it has to be pretty stern. And I think, um, yeah, and I, I just think that was like necessary because it was like my dad and, you know, but I don't know. I think, it, how do you, you just kind of, I, I don't know, obviously I can't like just walk away from my mom and like cut her out. But I think a lot of people go through that now as like, you know, our parents, our parents' trauma is like a whole nother level. But um, as like a first generation, like coming to this country and growing up differently, like a lot of the times I know a lot of people kind of listen to their moms and like, it's hard, you know what I mean? But we can't let it like get to us. Yeah, yeah. And I completely like, not that I relate to you because that didn't really happen to me, but I know people close to me that obviously have gone through that, especially, and you know, divorce, are, it's like a huge, it just skyrocketed divorce all over the place, right? Especially with um, using the children to get back at the parent, right? So your mom, not Maybe she wanted to hurt your dad. I'm not sure, but she used you to corrupt you to put all these beliefs in you. So to turn you against dad, because in reality, she was so angry at him that she should have dealt with your dad directly and not use you. But right now, there's so many things that are women don't know how to navigate divorce women don't know how to navigate parenting with an ex that was toxic or hurtful or maybe he cheated and she has so much anger and everything boils down to not knowing how to manage our emotions not being emotionally intelligent because that is what happens right she is so angry she is so sad she doesn't know how to connect to her emotions so the easiest thing to get back at revenge or or get back at the father or the spouse is to use the children and 
fathers do the same thing. They use the children to get back at the ex and the mom, right? And everything because they don't know how to manage their emotions because people are so afraid to feel the pain of their emotions, what they live through, their... Nobody wants to go back and relive the past and feel the past again to heal it, right? Nobody wants to feel the emotion, the the heartache brought, the divorce of your parents when you were little left in you, right? And when we don't do that, we disconnect from our emotions. We disconnect from healing those wounds and we walk around wounded all the time using people to get back at other people right so when we heal our emotions and that is our job as humans heal ourselves so we can heal the world when you heal internally Mm. you project like light and love and you don't walk around wounded (laughs) hurting other people or using your children to get back at um the the dad right and i think that's why i'm so glad that i still don't have children that when i do decide that i want to be a mom that i'm going to be so conscious obviously it's never perfect right yeah i'm going to be doing conscious parenting and I'm going to be so conscious because I have healed my trauma. And when I heal my trauma, my wounds and everything, I also heal my past generations, my maternal lineage, my paternal lineage, and also the generations that come after me. So when I'm pregnant, my child is not going to get my trauma, right? Because everything gets transferred to them. (laughs) So it's a lot of that. And it's also like boundaries, right? Knowing that you cannot talk to your children about what the dad did. Yeah. So having boundaries. Now, and a lot of people don't know how to have boundaries, how to do boundaries, or what is okay or not to talk to your children about. So here we are putting things, fitting things into our children's heads, and they walk around pretty much reliving the same situations, right? And the cycle goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. Until we we cut it off. So what so let's I know this is all like very intense topics and I'm like, okay, let now let's go to the light of the you know in the tunnel. So how do you attract and manifest the ideal man or woman? <laughs> okay. So this is where the fun begins. Obviously women come to me for this specific reason, right? Mm -hmm. But I take them through the darkness first. I take (laughs) the transformation. Because I'm like, we are always manifesting. We are always manifesting. Our current reality is a manifestation of our inner world, Mm -hmm. right? You're always manifesting, whether it's the men that you want or the men that you don't want. But for example, right now, Let's say you attract your dream man. The question is, are you ready to receive him? Are you going to be proud of the woman that you currently are to receive him? Is who you are right now able to have the dream relationship that you want? Is able to sustain this relationship with this dream man, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times women... They want love, they want love, but they don't want to do the unsexy work, which is healing their wounds, healing their trauma, yeah, the patterns in dating. So I take women on this journey of the transformation first. And I that is like the, the that is what I love to do basically. But when it comes to okay, now we have we know the patterns, we know 
how you work in relationships. We know your attachment style. We know everything. So now let's get into mm. how can you start being the woman that you want for yourself, right? And this is where I take women on the journey of loving themselves deeper, really knowing who they are, tapping into their intuition, their feminine energy, their masculine energy, their magnetism. And from there, when it comes to manifesting, it's like, okay, how the most important question is, how do you want to feel in a relationship? That is the most important question. How do you want to feel around your dream men? Because a lot of women do the list. Oh, I want this. I want someone that is six feet tall. I want someone with dark hair. I want someone or like my white Caucasian. I don't know. I want someone who has this degree, who has a doctorate, da, 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 da. Yeah. The basic, you know, qualities of a man, but it's like, okay, so you want someone that has a career, but what does that mean? What is the essence of that? How is that going to make you feel? Maybe you want someone that shows that they are goal oriented, driven. Mm -hmm. So you really have to dissect everything that you want and really take it down to the feelings and the essence. What is that going to do for your life? Because at the end, it's like, how, what is it that you want, right? Or for example, you want someone that is an entrepreneur. Why do you, why is that important to you? What is that going to do for you? Right. So maybe it's because you want someone that is able to have a freedom, freedom lifestyle, right? Or a nomad, or you can travel and work from your laptop. Maybe yeah. to you. So freedom in the workplace or in the career is important to you. So I want to feel freedom in my relationship when it comes to career, right? Or I want to, or I want to travel the world with my dream partner while working too. Like, you know, so we really have to get to the essence of what is it that we want in this other person and how we want to feel, right? So when I did my list, for example, um, and there's some manifestation process that I do and everything, but the list is the most important thing because a lot of women don't really know what they want. <laughs> they mm. think they know, but then they start attracting this man and you're like, oh no, that's not really what I wanted. And no, because yeah. you were not specific enough in your, in, in the list that you made. And a lot of women and some coaches are like, no, don't do the list. That's not necessary. But a lot of the women that come to me don't know what they want mm -hmm. or the men that they have attracted before turn out to be jerks, emotionally unavailable, ghosting. So I really want them to be clear. So the list is the easiest way for me to help them be clear, have clarity, because that's very important. Clarity and what is it that you want how do you want to feel in that relationship? What are your core values? What are the needs that you need met in the relationship, right? So then I take them on this other thing that, okay, so now you have all these things. Do you embody those things that you want in a partner in a relationship? Let's say you want someone that is well-traveled. Why is that important to you? Are you well-traveled yourself? Have you traveled? Have you explored? Mm -hmm. Have you gotten into the world yeah. by yourself? You know, like how can you expect to attract someone that is well-traveled if you are not well-traveled yourself? Yeah. My husband is well-traveled, but that wasn't in my list because I'm like, I don't travel. <laughs> I yeah. go to Mexico, I come back, I've gone, you know, but I don't really go anywhere fancy. I just haven't had the chance pretty much. Right. But, uh, for example, I wanted someone that does the inner work to know themselves, to, 
that has healed himself. That yes. Healing because I'm like, I don't want to track someone with traumas. <laughs> like right, I was trying to fix you. Hearing, yeah. In the mess and do the work to heal himself because I want to co-parent healthy children, conscious children. So that's very important to me. So my husband is a healer. He's mm. a guide. He does the inner work. And I absolutely love that. So another quality that, what else did I say? I put so many things, but he basically checks off the list on everything that I did ask for. So it's just getting, hold on. It's just getting very clear on what is it that you want to, how do you want to feel in that relationship? The feeling is very, very important. I love that. And for me, then I take them, obviously, have you fulfilled those things? And this is when I tell women, okay, this is where you take yourself out on dates or you do things to fulfill those things. For example, you want someone that takes you, you want to feel romance, right? Okay, how can you feel romance in your life right now? How can you start romancing yourself? How can you start cultivating those feelings within you? Oh, okay, well, romance for me is probably going out on a fancy date. Okay, take yourself out on a fancy date. Right. And I used to do this all the time and I still do it. I still take myself on dates and not only to dinner or anything like that, but I used to go to restaurants and I used to just sit there by myself enjoying a glass of wine. I don't drink anymore, but when I did it, <laughs> I used to just like fancy, like my favorite meal and everything. Mm. Just really enjoy myself, enjoy my own company. And this is where a lot of women, it gets them out of their comfort zone because they don't like being with their their own selves with their company right a lot of them are afraid to feel alone or to be seen alone right so this this also helps you with the confidence right yes. because we're there <coughs> having courage to be eating alone and that's a, a huge fear for many women so then I, they go through this process, they take themselves out on dates, they start fulfilling their own needs. So they never depend on a man, right? So when the man, the right man comes into their lives, he takes them out on dates and you're like, oh, I know what that feels because I did it for mm-hmm. myself. So of course I'm going to attract someone that does that for me because hello, I do that for myself, right? So that's when women start really, really loving themselves, really, really feeling like happy because they're like, wow, I'm doing things for myself that I never thought I would be doing. So it's so much faster. It speeds the process of attracting this man, right? And then the last step would be visualizing, getting into meditation or just like daydreaming, closing your eyes and just how would it feel in your body if this person was already in your life? And I remember for me, I used to get like shivers. I used to be so excited, just feeling like, oh my God, he's already here hugging me. Just how is that going to feel in your body? And cultivating those feelings every day. And there's another thing that I did. I created space for my dream partner when I was single, living in my apartment. I created, I cleaned the um, the bathroom cabinet, half of the emptied it out. And that was for him. I'm like, this is for my partner. When he comes into my life, he has space in my life for me. A lot of women want a partner, but they are not, they're selfish with their space. They're selfish with their energy, with their time. 
They don't even want the partner to stay over or, you know, those sort of things. And the same thing with men, right? So by creating space in your life, in your apartments, in your home, you are sending a sign to the universe that, hey, I have room for this person to come into my life. I am ready for him. I got wow. So I made room for him, right? And it also in my closet, I cleaned a little piece of my closet and all of it <laughs> for him to put his stuff in there. And this is all me manifesting, right? And a lot of women are like, oh, that's too much. But for me, it's like, no, I am serious about this. I want to partner I wanted to meet someone so of course I'm going to do things like that because I'm like yeah I deserve to want a partner what is wrong with that so I created space in my apartment I also one of the nightstands I cleaned it out and that was his nightstand some women I didn't do this but some women go to extremes of buying shaving cream shampoo for men all of this deodorant and put I didn't do that I just left it empty (laughs) I'm like I don't even know what he would like why am I going to (laughs) Uh, Are they going to be like, oh, this is someone else? <laughs> right. It can be the rich, right? And then I also bought, I also bought like this flower jar, flower base, and it said love. And I kept that empty. And then I'm like, okay, this is where he's going. I'm going to put the flowers that he gives me. And then it, I did that. Yeah. When into my lobby, he would give me flowers. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm finally going to use my base. That's awesome. <laughs> So it's sped up, like the process went really fast when I really got intentional and I said to the universe, I said a prayer, I said, I'm ready for him. I am ready in body, mind and soul. My heart's ready. I have space in my life. My, I'm willing to share my time, my energy, my heart, my space. I'm ready for him. He came two days after and we started dating like two weeks after. So wow it's still super super fast so. i love it oh my gosh that's amazing definitely that was very intentional so much yeah i wasn't doubting like if i didn't see because i was dating too right i was in online dating if i didn't see dates pan out correctly i'm like okay well at least i'm gonna use this to grow myself to become better at least i this person showed me something i don't want or maybe this person showed me something i do want so i know i'm getting closer to my dream partner and i would be so positive throughout my whole process just enjoying it just taking dates as personal development to get myself to get to know myself better and you just have to keep faith because manifestation is going to happen even like a lot of people lose the faith, right? So when the person is going to come into your life is when you continue to have faith, even mm-hmm. if you're not seeing results and it, it comes into your life. Trust me. <laughs> this has been such a great interview. I am so, so, so grateful. Um, I want to, you know, I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you and how can they connect with you? Um, share a little bit about that. Okay, the easiest way to connect with me, it's uh, Instagram at Mary Miranda Coaching or my Facebook pages. Uh, my personal Facebook page is the one that I use the most, honestly. Okay. And Mary Miranda. If you, um, I can give you the links if you're going to put them in the show notes. But um, those are the easiest ways because my website right now, I'm fixing it. So it's yeah. down. <laughs> so that's not a good source right now. Okay. Instagram or Facebook. Okay, perfect. Yes. So thank you so, so much. What a great episode and just great information that Mary shared with us. If you ever want to reach out to her, I will link her information down below. 
Again, I appreciate your time and I hope you can share this episode, leave a review, and also go and check out the awesome book that I recommended, The One Thing, and read over the blog, the the new blog post that I did, and be on the lookout for the upcoming lives that I have on my Instagram. And possibly I will be doing them on Facebook as well. So we'll see, but for sure on my Instagram, um, I will link everything down below and I appreciate you. I hope you have an incredible week and incredible life. And just remember that you are a badass. (laughs) Bye everybody. Bye everybody.